This week on Legacy, I'm joined by Ben Scott. Ben is the director of STC Fit and STC Learning. He is my online coach, a great mentor, and someone I consider a better friend. This week, Ben and I delve into topics surrounding his upbringing, his entrance into the fitness industry, his ambition, and where he goes from here. Enjoy. It's rolling. Easy. We are finally here, man. Just took, took a little bit of gentle pushing from you and a massive handout of the studio and Tam's time. Yeah. But, um, Do you ever feel like here. a guest in your own house? Yeah. Even yeah. though it's not really my house. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's it's definitely been a long time coming. I mean, I spoke to you about this whole idea God knows how long ago now. I mean, <laughs> I was in um, isolation with COVID when, I, yeah. when the penny dropped yeah. for me with this idea. And, you know, it was a no-brainer for me that, like, you were the first person that I wanted on here for sure. Oh, it's an honor, bro. It's an honor uh, to be I, number one. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. And, and I definitely think that, you know, this conversation, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of gems in this one. Sweet. There's a lot of pressure being number one, like, because people often do the reverse order. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll listen to from episode one. So it's like, this is, this is the litmus test. I have to be entertaining enough. For people to want to go to the next episode. Right. Well, I think I think we're I think we're safe there. I was, you know, it it it's funny. I was thinking about it this morning, and I've sat down pen and paper for this episode a million times, and I wrote out a million different questions. I wrote out different ways I want to go about it, mm. all that sort of stuff, and like really like mulling over the concept of the podcast. I'm like, you know, where did like how do I want this to look, and like what do I actually want to talk about, and like I wrote down things like you know. We could sit here and talk about the business and stuff like that. Like, you know, I know you guys have a lot of exciting things that are happening right now and like things that are coming up in the future and everything that's on the horizon there. But I was like, we kind of like, we know that Mm. like you have your own platform where you talk about stuff like that and that's, that's yours, right? Yeah. And then I was like, this to me feels like a conversation that you and I would have microphones or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like you and I are very similar. You and I share a lot of, I feel like our paths line up in a sense that whilst I'm a lot younger and I'm still coming up to certain things, I can see a lot of parallels in Mm. the way we've approached things and think about things and stuff like that. And I really came down to the idea of like, there are certain moments in your life that really, really shift the idea of like, your legacy, so to speak. Mm. And I know for me, I've been in a very reflective mood lately and been thinking about a lot of those, those key moments. And I know a little bit that I know about you. I know that your life could have gone so many different ways Mm, in the past. And I just wanted to really get like your perspective on that. Like, what do you think some of the key moments are for you that really took that massive shift? And like, when I say that, I know that certain moments can shift different aspects of your life. Like I know for me, there are certain moments that have shifted my relationship with self. There are certain moments that have shifted my career aspirations. There are certain moments that have shifted my relationships with others. Mm. And then there are obviously really big pivotal moments that will shift at all. Like it'll yeah. really like, you know, rocket to the core. Mm. And I just wanted to ask you like, you know, what are some of those moments for you where, where, where does Ben Scott come from? Oh, that's big. So, look, I think, and it's hilarious, me and my wife have this conversation a lot about just, like, the differences between maybe, like, <coughs> her growing up and me growing up and, and what, I guess, led to be 
like the drive and all that kind of stuff that like she sees in me that I just kind of most of the time think is normal um, and, and how that sort of came about. And then like, well, what was the, what was the catalyst that drew all those things together and how, how did you get here? Like, I think most people will look at straight away, like, or what was your upbringing like to, to kind of get to that place? So like, I guess the first, like the first, and we talked about this at my, at my 30th, it was like the first chunk of my life, like up to primary school, was like the quintessential like middle class happy family life's fucking good from there it went weird <laughs> um so like i had uh, like yeah fuck it so when i was when i was i think um i reckon i was 12 my mom actually said to me that she'd we had this old beat up car she's like oh, i've picked a power pole and i was like that's it i'm going to wrap my car around the power pole and that's it but I don't want the SES to find me. So I think like from there, chaos erupted. So parents separated, um, obviously like, <coughs> breathe. <laughs> uh, mum was obviously in a bit of a state from, from there and, and that probably speaks a lot to, to her mental health at the time. And moving forwards um, over the next kind of five to six years, that was a, a pretty chaotic relationship. Um, but even before that, like, I had... It, it's interesting, it's like, was it that? Or was it before that, that this, like, competitive drive, wanting for more kind of thing came? And I, and that's a really interesting discussion that we have. It's like, before that, like, Dad's one of ten and the oldest. Mm. So there was usually two or three of his brothers at our place all the time. And they were, like, my brothers, but they were all ten years older than me. So it was like... You want to play cricket in the backyard? Get fucking better. You want to play football in the backyard? Get fucking better. Yeah. It's just like, if you don't, if you can't keep up, you don't play. Even like card games and shit. And like, imagine four brothers plus around the table, even like card games turn into like competitive yeah. events. So it's like, you have to, I was always in an environment where I was like, well, I have to level up to, to participate sort of thing. So it's like, which I think was a really positive thing. I remember getting in the car with dad when I was like, fucking grade three grade four football what could i do better next week dad like wow. i remember those conversations and i don't know like dad was involved in coaching and all that kind of stuff so i don't know if that was facilitated from him or it was an innate drive that i had at the time but it was just like something that's very normal for me that's crazy so then like yeah teenage i went from and the 90s kids will understand i went from like frosted tips yeah <laughs> Like that guy, um, to like raggy hair and the metal head was like life just really changed. Um, and it's interesting, like, I don't think, um, my, my expression of that stuff was the, maybe the anger or the whatever I had at the time was, was pushed mainly through music. And then later on, like got into a spiral of like, the, the best way I've had it explained to me was, was actually with a psych and she was like, you had all this energy mm. and you didn't know where to put it. And yeah. I was growing up in country Victoria and Shepparton, there's nothing to fucking do other than get blackout drunk every weekend. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's do that. <laughs> so it was, yeah, alcohol, girls, like that was kind of life was survive school and then go through and then 
I think one of the worst behind all of that, like I always had this a blessing and a curse and it, it's it's hard to say to people because I feel like a dick saying it, but I was very lucky with my intelligence at school. Yeah. And I think I was about nine years old and I decided like, I'm going to work on race cars and that's what I'm going to do. Mm. So through school and all that kind of stuff, it was like, I was the shithead in the back row and my mates got in trouble. Because yeah. I knew when to stop, and I got B's, and they got D's. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like pretty cruisy for me. It didn't really give me enough focus. I think um, my mum actually made a bet with me. You're eight, I reckon it was maybe year nine. That she was like, "I'll give you fifty bucks for every A you get next semester." And I'm pretty sure I got about forty. Wow. Yeah, and obviously she couldn't. <laughs> money for that, or she didn't actually expect me to pull that off. Maybe three or four, but not yeah. Pretty much my whole report card. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, that's I never kind of never said that. that we'll just pretend that that never happened. So then I was like, oh well, whatever. I'll just do enough to pass. Mm. Got to year twelve, and it was like I, <laughs> one of one of the things that probably could have changed direction for me was uni. It was like because like oh, you have to get an enter score of eighty or whatever. Um. And I found this TAFE course that I only needed 50 as my answer score to get in. So I was like, sweet, another year of partying and fucking around. So I knew like early on that I wanted to get out. Uh, I don't know why, but even, we, year 10, we were planning like getting the fuck out of shit. I don't, I don't know why. It just was too small. It wasn't enough opportunity. We needed to, to get out as soon as we can. We could. So did a gap year, saved no money. Which was the, the plan was <laughs> obviously saved. Yeah. Yeah. Drank it all and built built a really fast car, um, and then moved to Melbourne with nothing. We are, like when I say nothing, I'm pretty sure I had a bed, a desk, and a laptop, and that was it. When I, the house we had in, we had a crack. <laughs> I had a crack in my bedroom that I could see the stars at night. How you didn't start a rap career is beyond me, bro. right? <laughs> um, so then we yeah, so started university. Realized I hated it. I think it was two and a half years in and I was like all the stuff that I'd been good at or really good at it involved people and I was getting more and more into this like engineering math world and I was like I actually think I want to sit in an office and do math for the rest of my life Mm. I'm good at it but that's not really it for me Um, so I left and at this stage it was still like playing every day as it comes like Living week to week, barely, if that. And I was like, oh, okay, so the gym had this, like, poster up, um, staff wanted for memberships. And I was like, that sounds pretty easy. I stand at the counter and fucking just <laughs> when people come in, like, hey, do you want a membership? Come come through. Um, so then, yeah, like, went to that and it turned out to be a full-scale sales gig. So within a week, I was like a sales guy. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Um, and I was okay at it. And it Like every job that I'd ever worked, I'd always like calls off of me, grocery manager, when I was finishing up high school and wanted to leave. Did three weeks as like a, to help out painting, got offered an apprenticeship. Tried to leave super cheap after my gap year. They're like, hey, we'll give you assistant manager at 18. It's like everywhere I'd worked, I'd always kind of found myself into moving into into that direction. But this was the first one that was like, was commission based. So it was like, oh, so if I work harder than everyone in the room, I get more? 
Yeah. And that it's okay. This is the thing. That's a different kind of experience. Yeah. Right? You can't just do what you have to do. You, yeah. You get an opportunity and an incentive to do more. Yeah. So it was a, that was a bit of a revelation for me. And I think I was top three in the company for about five months in a row. Um, and then an assistant manager role came up, I applied for it. They were like, you're too young. It's like, I've broken the club records. The people that I trained then broke those records. Like, mm. okay. And then I was kind of, I was already studying and thinking about the PT thing. And I was like, it's time for me to go to the, the other side of the counter, I guess. And then that was it. That was like, start PT. And I think about maybe 24 it was like I was doing 5.30 a.m. starts for a bit, a block in the mid-morning and then a block at night and basically just come Friday lunchtime, just like lay in bed and hide from the universe because I was like, I'm fucking so exhausted from working yeah. with all these people finishing at 9 p.m. at night. Just like if I was at home, it was like trying to nap basically. And I was like, this isn't sustainable forever, but I really, really, really like this. Yeah. So what can I do? that facilitates me not doing that, but still being involved. And that's when STC Fit started. Mm. So we built our first website and then like the next, what was that, seven years ago, is sort of history from there. Yeah, man. That's one hell of a, a journey to get there. Yeah. The thing I, I, I definitely think when I hear you talk about stuff like that is I hear you talk about doing things that I know a lot of people have done, but you do it differently. mm and you approach it differently and you see it differently. I think that's the difference between you and a lot of other people is you you see... I actually thought about this the other day. I almost thought like you see five steps ahead. But I actually think that a lot of it is most people are five steps behind. Mm. Most people don't want to see what's in front of them. They're too busy, caught up in the five steps behind that. Yeah. And I find myself doing that a lot as well. Yeah. Um, it's funny. A lot of the things that you just said, I was just mirroring in myself. Yeah. Um, especially with the whole idea of like having, you have all this energy and you don't know where to direct it. Yeah. And I think that I found in myself, and I've been doing this for years, but it's it's not until you really like clock onto it that you, you sort of start to see it, is I have that much energy and like I can feel the same things that you're expressing there and I get paralyzed by the fear of it. Yeah. So I was, I was reading um, Jordan Peterson again the other day. I was just flicking through in bits and pieces. And one line that stood out to me was um, something along the lines of the, the worst decision you can make is none. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and I've been thinking about it a lot and I'm like, fuck like I'm full of ideas and I talk about a lot of ideas mm -hmm. but how many have I actually followed through yeah you know that's an important conversation to have with yourself though yeah because most, pe most people don't and most people like you said most people are gunners mm. it's like I'm gonna do yeah yeah and I've I, I've been that for years man like I I consider myself to be very very creative uh I've always like had or wanted creative outlets and when i let those creative outlets slip i start to see like other things yeah start to fall apart um i've been creative like for as long as i can remember you know when i was a kid it was like writing stories or like drawing pictures or whatever 
but it, it was that sense of that's how I found direction. That's how I mapped out the pieces. Like I know um, I was actually speaking to your wife yesterday and she was saying about how you're very process driven mm. and how I'm actually more like her in the sense that like, for lack of a better term, like emotion driven. Yeah. It's funny though, because when I was 24, I wasn't. Mm. Yeah. That was That was out of necessity. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. That was started following through with shit and then went, uh, the only way I can manage this is to put a system in place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I totally yeah, understand it was reactive. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I see the best results when I put things in place that are consistent and that are ordered and everything like that. I mean, um, being completely honest, like, my life in the last few weeks has been very disorganized and disordered. Mm. Um, and I notice it start to have effects on other things. And... I think that the big thing for me is coming back to that whole idea of the the creative outlet is actually, in a sense, my form of of order and system yeah. in a weird way. Um, like I said, when I was a kid, it was drawing or it was writing stories. And I'm sure if I <laughs> sat down with a psych and read those stories, you'd see like I was actually analyzing things or trying to understand things in my own way. Yeah. Um, and then in my like late teens to... Um, even up till about 20, it was music. Like, I used to make music. Yeah. I used to rap, bro. Like, so, you know. Yeah. And um, then it was writing, and now I'm looking at it now, and it's it's things like this. It's a, it's a platform like this where I can discuss these things openly. And, and then this is... When I listen to what you said and the whole idea of following through and actually taking those leaps and making those choices based on, like, that energy that you have inside of you. Yeah. I finally feel like I'm starting to trust myself into taking those steps. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I think about this podcast, for example, like I said to you at the start, we've been discussing this for months Mm. and I can say that I've been busy. I can say that, you know, that it's just not popped up the way I wanted it to, but that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is. I've been avoiding it. Because ultimately, I don't, or up until now, I didn't think that this was me. I didn't think mm. that I'm capable of doing this. This is this is for someone else. Like yeah. I'm not. I I don't have a podcast, bro. Like yeah, I I don't have anything worth saying to yeah. listen to. And it's like, that's understandable. Like, it's something new. It's change. It's scary, right? Mm. But it's having that ability and that trust to say, you know what. I still feel that, but fuck it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And there's two things that come up for me is like listening to that. One is like the biggest blessing I have is like I said, I went from picket fence, perfect families to like one of the places. If you can picture what, what was that now? 20 years ago, what a place that's worth $60 a week in rent looks Mm. like you can picture that it's basically a solid box one bedroom with two people in it like cement no heating no cooling like the like the worst place that you could envision in the worst place you could envision junk is in the front house like domestic abuse in the next house like um meth head in the house beyond that like just not a nice place to be we're happy as fuck yeah like for whatever reason we found a way and 
dad sitting in the corner. But <laughs> <laughs> like between us, we found a way to still thrive and be happy in that environment. Yeah. So when it came to like, let's try this, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. But the first website we ever launched cost net with marketing and development and all that kind of stuff probably cost us 50 grand that we financed ourselves. Yeah. And it was like, well, what's the worst that happens? We leverage it. We'll be able to pay it off regardless. And if it doesn't work, we're in the exact same spot we are now. Yeah. So I think risk, at least from a financial standpoint and an outcome standpoint for us was like, I've had nothing and I was happy having nothing. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess, one part of it that was that was useful. And then, like, I guess that ties into a, another Jordan Peterson thing. It's like, set a goal and work towards the goal mm. or towards a destination. Even if it's the wrong destination, when you get there, the map looks different. Yeah. And we've done that tons of times. Yeah. Like that first website, that was like, Oh, we're going to be fucking millionaires. We're going to take on Michelle Bridges. It's like, <laughs> just because the product was good and then we got to the end we're like, oh, actually, I'm not on Biggest Loser so no one knows if the product's good. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, like, but where's Michelle Bridges now, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can claim that title yet but I'm coming for it. We eventually. can start Michelle Bridges beef on this podcast. I don't <laughs> no, mind. No, I, I, can't, I can't claim that I was a pastor yet. Um, but one day. Um, but yeah, it's like the direction changes that we've had with, with everything we've done. Like that, website as much as it never took off as an online training platform hmm. it's serviced and still would would change the model now so maybe five years serviced probably two dozen personal trainers to get a start in the industry and make successful businesses through our mentorship program yeah and like train people face to face and serve probably i reckon we've had a thousand people go through it yeah and positively impact them so it's like okay we built this thing to do something and it ended up turning into something totally different but it was still a positive outcome and it was just the next thing i would say is like if you if you come in from this environment of like i'm not i'm not this i'm not that i'm not whatever and like watch me when you say michelle bridges i'm like oh fuck i'm not that little bro calm down because i still don't think that but i've learned and this is probably a a worthwhile conversation too when I started, my only intent was I'll fucking show you. Yeah. That was it. It was like, yeah, like came from whatever. Watch me. Then I was like, <laughs> I actually had a session this week um, with a therapist slash performance coach, whatever, that was like, okay, just got married, making pretty good money, working pretty good hours. I don't dislike any day of the week. I really fucking like my life. I like who I am. I like everything about what's going on. How do I show up like an animal now? Mm. It's like the chip on my shoulder's gone. How am I supposed to yeah. to be aggressive now? But it's I've over that time been able to come at it from service. It's mm. like, how can I help? Whether it's like a... Because I see this conversation. I've always had this image in my head of eventually going and talking to school kids. Mm. It's, it's like it's you know it's funny sorry to interrupt but yeah. like it's funny you say that because i've thought of, you've never said that to me mm. i've thought of that for you yeah so many times yeah i've thought of that for nat as well yeah at, like all you guys yeah it's, i can see that vividly yeah um i don't think that um 
gym workshops are the be all end all for you guys. I yeah. have full like envisioned that wholeheartedly. So mm. it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, and it's like you can see it coming out more and more. Like obviously moving into coaching coaches now, it's you got way more scope. Yeah, and like the the old thing of like as fast as your business will only grow as fast as you do, like personally. So there's a lot of personal development stuff that starts to come into it, and even like training outcomes, you need to grow as a person to achieve those as well. Mm. So it's like, yeah, I can see long term that that that's gonna f- facilitate the values as well that I hold, and it's like we sort of talked about it the other week. It's like I want to create success and fulfillment and achievement with help facilitate that with as many people as I can. Yeah. So like going back to a school and being like, yeah, I was like a shithead kid and like was probably my teachers were like, man, good luck passing uni. You probably just end up a mechanic or whatever to, to achieve something that's reasonable enough to have the clout to go back. Yeah. um, Would be, would be cool. But yeah, I think like I said, initially it came from the chip on my shoulder, drive headfirst through it. And then now it's kind of like, okay, how do I best serve things and I'm, it's interesting because I've I've sat and listened to really successful people talk and I don't ever want to be the guy that and by no means am I at the top of the mountain but I'm in a much better place as a human than I was 10 years ago and I never want to be the guy that's like well behave how I behave now and you'll get here yeah it's like one of my favorite bodybuilders um, came out and did a seminar a couple of years ago. I was like, I followed him when he was coming up. He was a fucking demon, bro. Mm. Like in the gym, growling, grunting, just like, I'm like I know you have, like there's something yeah. in here that makes you fucking crazy and that's why you're successful yeah. at what you do. And then the, the guy he was presenting with was the same, but big age gap. One was like, got kids, got a wife, the other one was younger, single, traveling the world, like killing life. And he was like, yeah, so between sets, I like to do like some box breathing and then I get <laughs> up at, at 5 a.m. and I meditate and I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I put my hand up. I'm like, do you think that behavior would have got you where you are now? And this is something that I haven't figured out, but I, I would never trade the chip on my shoulder that I had. Yeah. Because I think it got me the base that I needed to get to here. Oh, wholeheartedly. And yeah. I'd, I'd, for anyone who's in that position, like you, like young, hungry, like chasing something, I don't, when people start being like, oh, just relax, bro, and do this, like, no, nah, just fucking go. Mm. Like, if you want to go, go. Yeah. Don't put brakes on anything or worry about burnout or anything like that. Like, my burnout was like, I can't do anything today. I need to eat KFC and sleep for like 16 hours and then I'm ready. Yeah. And it's again, 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 again. Maybe it's health, unhealthy, maybe it like, and it's, th- most people now would be like, that's, we, what are they, what's the, the woke kind of culture is like, um, you're overworking mm. and you're, you um, overvaluing work and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you can't tell me what I get fulfillment out of. Yeah. And what aligns with my values. Yeah, of course. So you if you wanted to go do that and you want to take your breaks and all that kind of stuff, in my experience, when I've done that, I got mediocre outcomes. Yeah. And mediocre outcomes aren't what I'm here for. 
So, yeah, I think like go as hard as you can until that no longer serves you. Yeah. And then that's like, I got to a point where I was like, my relationship broke down. I was kind of stepping back and looking at life like, fuck, where's the, I'm pretty fucking tired now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I've been doing this for a while. I'm pretty tired. Um, And things are actually pretty good. Why are you still facing that? Like approaching things in that way and coming through that lens. And that's when I was like, okay, I need a, I need a different strategy now. Mm. So, which is terrifying also. Yeah. Because it's like, who am I without it and how do I show up without it? Which is something that for me was like, I didn't want to let go of it. I remember like the first month I met Amy. Obviously, Amy being Amy. <laughs> because you either don't know. She's a, I, when I met her, I said met my friends and I was like, I've met this girl, but she's a bit of a hippie and I'm not real sure. <laughs> so <laughs> she was like, obviously wanted to, oh, like, how about you let go of that? And I'm like, I don't know who I am without it. Yeah. And I don't know if I can do what I do without it. So that little bit of like grunt, if you want to call it that underneath, I need that right now. Mm. So yeah, it's been an interesting transition where I'd got to the point where it was like, actually that's negatively impacting me, not serving me anymore what's another way to come at this? Yeah. I find that really interesting as well because the the whole idea that you just said about doing a certain thing until it no longer serves you, but having still appreciating the value in the thing that no longer serves you because it once did. Yeah. Um, I look at myself and my life in the last year and it's, I, I couldn't even dream of having the life that I have right now yeah. a year a year year and a half ago um, you know I similar to you I in school had I would, what I would consider above average average intelligence mm. but I didn't u- utilize it in any way shape or form yeah. it was I can get by without doing fuck all <laughs> and you know what that sounds alright to me yeah and then I studied business in university and Nothing changed there. Mm. It was the fact that I could do that and now I only had to do it for 12 hours a week. Yeah. How did you adjust to that? Because like I know because I was the same, like school was pretty easy. Mm. I didn't study ever. And then I got to year 12 and I was like, what the fuck is this? I actually have to do homework. And then I went to uni and I was like, you mean I have to do most of my work at home? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's funny. I Looking back now, I approached it kind of one of my biggest for lack of a better term flaws is I rush the fuck out of things Mm. and that is the epitome of how I handled university yeah I got given an assignment and I remember just I remember thinking when I was discussing it with other people in the class um that I was doing what was considered better so we would be given the assignment say three weeks before it was due and I would do it the day I got it. Yeah, okay. And everyone else would be like, no, nah, like I'm going to do it in a week or so. I got like other bits and pieces to do. I got other things, whatever. Yep. But I'm like, no, nah, it needs to be done now. I'll do it now the day I get it and then I'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, I was literally just approaching it as something that needed to like get out of my way. Yeah, tick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I approached the whole three years. And again, having... <laughs> hate saying it above average intelligence i could do that for three years not fail a class Mm. and 
just be like, well, look at me. Like, you know, how easy is that? Yeah. And it wasn't until I dived into full-time work that I was like, okay, this, this is actually mine. Like I might be working for someone else, but this position is mine. And yeah. this is something that I need to build. And, you know, we, we could sit here and talk about how in reality it was me people pleasing or me trying to build a certain perception of myself or whatever. But I did, I worked myself into the ground and I mm. think that a lot of people now, like I've, <laughs> I have a very relaxed lifestyle at the moment, you know, yeah. um, and I'm taking advantage of that time while I have it because I know I won't get it twice. Yeah. Um, but it got to a point where I couldn't function given what I was giving. I was waking up at 6 a.m., checking my work emails before I went to work, yep. getting to work for 7.30, despite yep. the fact I start at 8.30, yep. taking half of my lunch break, if that, so half an hour, mm. finishing at 5.30, going to the gym and training like an absolute fucking animal because like it was my yep. only thing yep. that was outside of my work. Yep. Getting home at, say, 8 o'clock, stuffing my face with food and checking my emails again yeah. and then going to bed. Yeah. And for a while, I was like, holy shit, look at how much I'm getting done. Look at how productive I'm being. Mm. And I look back now and I'm like, I did a lot, but did I really do anything? Yeah. And it's like, I will never regret any of that. Because it broke me so fucking bad that I finally got the message mm. that my body and that life was trying to give me, which was, this isn't it. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I wonder, given the exact same circumstances, but it was yours, like physically yours, Yeah. like whether it's this podcast or whatever it else, you endeavor after this, that if you went to the same level and you had that, I built this Yeah. at the end. Whether the, for lack of a better term, that burnout is the same. Yeah. Um, That's something that I've thought about a lot um, because, you know, like I said, I have a pretty relaxed lifestyle at the moment and I'd be lying if I said some of that wasn't out of fear. Mm. Out of fear that I'm going to make the same mistakes again and I'm going to end up where I was. Yeah. And I literally came to the realization not that long ago that that level of work is still in me mm. because for so long afterwards, like when I say I cracked, like, you know, yourself, I've spoken to you before. I was down to probably four hours of sleep a night. Mm. Some nights I got as little as half an hour. Mm. Um, I, c I had to call in sick multiple times and I took so much annual. I took all my sick, like, I tried to do everything I could to get myself back. Yeah. And I remember hitting a point where I quit my job. I didn't have anything to go to. Mm. I didn't have an idea of where I was going. I didn't even think like, okay, I'm going to use this time to do X, Y, Z. It was literally, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't know what I can do, I but know. I can't do this. Yeah. And sitting there and like, it felt like, it felt like literal rock bottom mm. and thinking, you know, being 22 years old and thinking, fuck, I might have just emptied the tank and hit my peak at the same time. 
Oh, uh, yeah, definitely and, not. <laughs> yeah. And looking back now, I think, wow, that's a crazy thought to have. Yeah. But at the time, like, it honestly, like, it felt so fucking helpless. Yeah. It just, and I was like, I don't know if I can do that again, regardless of the arena that I'm in. Mm. Do I still have that fight? Yeah. And then the second that you wake up to that and you go, oh, yeah, fuck, I do. Yeah. That's literally been the, like, life's too easy thing for me at the moment. That's literally just like, do I? Can yeah. I? Like, and it's it's weird because the hardest part is you you always adapt to your, your lifestyle and your surroundings, right? So it's like, I was busy five years ago, but I probably am more productive now. Mm. But it feels easy. Yeah. Because of, like you said, I've moved from going off emotion and chaos to kind of filing things into some kind of system that looks, and I think because that chaos element's gone, it's like, I'm not working as hard. Yeah. Like this is the time. This like I need to go right now, but I'm not I'm not like closing the laptop at eleven PM like I used to. Yeah. But what I actually get done in the four and a half days that I apply myself, quality is better. Probably amount is better because it's productivity wise. So it's that battle of like, well, do I have to work the seventy, eighty a week hour a week again or can I just be really good for thirty to forty? Yeah. I um I was thinking about it the other day and I wrote something down and it was kind of understanding the difference between hard work and working hard. Yeah. I'm like everyone, especially me, I, I wrote about this a lot the other day. I was always taking pride in the fact that I was doing hard work. Mm. I was always like, I do hard work all the time. Like, but I'm not working hard. Yeah. I'm not actually doing anything. I'm making things more difficult <laughs> to be like, look at me. I yeah. can do the hard shit. Yeah. And that's when I say earlier about uh, how I rush. I mm. rush a lot of things. I rush a lot of things and that results in me having to do them two or three times. Yeah. But then I can say, hey, look at me, man. Like I, I have what it takes to do this shit over and over and over again. Yeah. And then it's like, what are you trying to prove? You don't have to do that. Yeah. And it's... You know, I, it's it's very internal. Like all the things that we're talking about, like we can talk about systems and 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 situations and things like that. But ultimately, it comes from from you and uh, like only inside you. Mm. And I look at what we just spoke about with my life in the last year and a half. And I think the hardest thing for me to to swallow and something that Amy helped me realize and a lot of people misunderstand this concept is that I chose all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of people would, would hear that and I understand how like triggering that can be because you're like, fuck you. Like how yep. the fuck could I have chosen that? And if you'd have told me that in the moment, like, you know, ultimately I got to a point where, you know, I've alluded to it in, in bits and pieces in the past, but I was very close to just giving up. Mm. You know, I remember laying in bed, not being able to get to sleep and literally feeling like I was fighting, like laying in bed fighting and literally thinking like, there's only one way to go to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, even now that's a hard thing to admit, but ultimately that was a choice to stay stuck in that moment because 
in some obscure way at the time it was serving me mm. not necessarily in a positive way yeah but it was aligning with what i believe and what i've told myself yeah and it just all comes down to we can set goals we can set systems we can take leaps but until you confront it like until you confront the thing that's really blocking you like those things are gonna probably take you some of the way yeah but you're gonna hit a fucking block again yeah and it's i don't know what the secret code is and for anyone listening that wants the secret code (laughs) i don't know because i've been in the same spot been in the same situation even like blamed shit all the whole way through my life like until like that sales gig that i was talking about we had a motivational speaker come in um his name's nick stewart shout out to nick because he probably changed my life unknowingly (laughs) um and all he said and i he spoke for probably an hour hour and a half and all i remember and all i've done since like for like five years after i had his dvd i'm like you have to watch this you have to watch this you have to watch this like this is the best fucking thing ever I watched it back not that long ago. I think I watched it with Amy and I was like, oh, this is actually shit. (laughs) (laughs) But the one thing that he said was everything in your life right now is your own fault. Yeah. And I was just ready to hear that. Yeah. Like it fucking shattered my brain. And I was like, oh, like everything that's chaos in my life is I'm creating for myself and allowing that to happen. Yeah. And I have the power and control and whatever you think you're so fucking smart and you did so well, like whenever you felt like it, do something about it. Yeah. And that was, that was a big, sh- it took a long time afterwards. Like, it's not like, oh, now I have a fucking, um, what's Jocko's thing? Like ownership mindset yeah. straight away. Like it didn't just happen overnight, but it's, I don't know if that's Jocko's anymore. We've kind of cut him down. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like that didn't just all of a sudden be like, fuck I own every single thing in my life and I take total responsibility all the time yeah. like I still fucked up a lot yeah. but it was in my head that I can influence the outcome of anything in my life yeah and that's that's when that whole concept of it is your fault stops being triggering mm. and starts being f- almost freeing in the sense that you go oh it's my fault so I'm in control yeah like I can change this whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. And that it's funny because we say that, we say you can change it whenever you want. It makes it sound easy. Yeah. It's not. It's yeah. and and the one thing that I've come to notice recently is that the whole process of unwiring and rewiring that sort of stuff is like physical progression. It's not always linear. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you think like you're going to get to a point where you're like, "All right, things feel real sweet right now yeah and then something's going to kick you in the ass and you're gonna you're gonna probably revert you're probably gonna think fuck me i haven't made any progress yeah but it's that ability to realize that that thing is happening again that's the skill set right the skill set is the awareness Mm. the skill sets the time between for lack of a better explanation being a dick and then being aware that you're being a dick yeah and whether it's to yourself or someone else or like and when I say to yourself, it's like, why are you angry about that? Yeah. Why are you triggered by that? Why are you, like, whatever it is that's coming up for you, why are you running from that or ignoring it or or whatever? The time between the thought 
and the conscious rea- like realization of the thought and like what you're actually kind of putting those pieces together as that's a skill set yeah and people think like like we we use growth and ownership mindset in at that stcp all the time so it's like where you are right now is not permanent you can always like it's not fixed you can always grow and improve from your current scenario and then you take total and responsibility and ownership for anything that's going on that doesn't become it's not like that's all you do now yeah like in every single situation you're like no like i never think and i never doubt myself i never like pass blame or deflect or it's like of course you fucking do you're just better at seeing it yeah when you do it so you can catch it quick enough and it doesn't create a loop for you i think that's why we say something along the lines of being the best version of yourself we never say be the perfect version of yourself yeah because it doesn't fucking exist yeah and that's something that once you fully embrace and accept that your progress is probably going to feel a little bit easier yeah so much of life is like zooming the lens out yeah being being skilled at that yeah because it's like when we said control earlier people think that when when you say like oh, i have total control of my environment it's like that fucks people up mm. like micro measuring their nutrition or their work or their like just being a general control freak around even though like it fucks up relationships it fucks up everything when people are too controlling and it's given this negative kind of connotation you zoom that lens out you're like something pisses you off at four o'clock and then at 9 p.m you're like why the fuck am i still angry about that yeah you still had the moment but you didn't stay pissed off about it for a week and you didn't loop about it when you went to bed and you didn't take it out on your partner the next day because you're actually not fucking mad at them at all and then that affects your relationship and then you do that every four days and then so on and so on you zoom the lens out it's like actually five hours later i looked at that thing and went why am i angry about that oh actually that's about me fuck okay let that go move on with your life if you look at that week it's like you have control of that week yeah like this it wasn't that this microscopic moment when you you didn't have control of the outcomes. You still do. Yeah. You just don't have to do it in the moment and you also don't have to play a victim to it to completely. It's learning where that lens kind of sits that works. It's the control of letting go. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like an oxymoron, but... Yeah. But it it, it's, it's control over time. Yeah. Yeah, like over... Not in a second over time is, is what's more important. Yeah. Well, I guess the ultimate message of this episode is it's probably your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 No, but um, thank you, man. I appreciate your time. And, Anytime. And it's been a great conversation. It's, uh, you know, I knew it would be a good one, but yeah, far exceeded my expectations and everything Sweet. else. And I appreciate your time. Man. I'm glad, man. Anytime. Thank you. Sweet. Bye.